when you first of all open a press plan and you read it and you find that your post is not going to be there in the next five years, there's a grieving process that you work through. Um, you have to be honest and say there's quite a bit of anger in that as well. Um, and uh, although you're you know, using the phrase, well, there's a letting go, that's a real easy phrase to use, but it's a hard phrase to live. Um, and what's really important is to have people around you like Linda and the other elders at Granton and people like David. And so it's not a journey that's travelled alone. It's a journey that you go through together as a team. Welcome to the Emerging Amaze podcast. This time we are chatting to people from Granton Parish Church, which is entering into a four-way union in the new Edinburgh Mission Plan. And Norman Smith uh, was their minister, has moved on to a new role in Lothian and Borders as Presbytery Clark. And we have Linda Young, former session clerk, and David Moody, who is a, a worker, part-time worker with them. And so we're looking forward to exploring something of the journey that they are on. Well, everyone and their dog are doing a podcast, so we thought we would try as well. And please bear with us, we're, we're beginners. I'm Neil Urquhart, a parish minister in Fulham and Irvine, and I had this thought that we could maybe do something along the lines of Emerging Emmaus. This is the name of the podcast, and it's thinking about the journey from Jerusalem, death, devastation, dreams dashed, along with Jesus who comes to us in different guises and, of course, reveals himself to us in word and sacrament and, and restores and returns us into renewed dreams or brand new dreams. But we thought maybe calling it good grief, the podcast, but we wanted to maybe be a wee bit more positive, but we will be exploring grief. Um, so let me introduce you to our other hosts, we have Steve Aistorp. Tell us a wee bit about yourself, Steve. Hi, yeah, so uh, I live in King Craig up near Aviemore, and I've been a mission development worker for the Church of Scotland for the last 15 years. Most of that time working around the north, so the 11 presbyteries up in the Highlands, Islands, up to, to Shetland, helping congregations think about mission, mainly. And then the last couple of years, I've been focused on pioneering fresh expressions of church so supporting people whose whose focus is beyond the the orbit of the existing congregations contacting new people in new ways innovation experimentation so yeah when when neil mentioned this i was pretty excited looking forward to the to the chat great and ruth Yes, hello. It's great to be with you all. I'm not in the studio with you all, but it's just so good that we have learned how to maximise the use of our technology so I can still join you. I'm the Pioneer Minister with the Under 40s in Dumblane. I was inducted and ordained just on the 8th of September, so very much a newbie into post. I'm also the sports chaplain with Scottish Cycling cross-country mountain bike race series and their organising committee. Why am I involved with Emerging Emmaus podcasts? I firmly believe that God is doing a new thing within the Church of Scotland and with us. And 
it's very much that if we want to be part of what God is doing, we need to be in the right place at the right time and learn from one another, encourage one another. That great word, disciple one another as we go. And I recognise that you've hit the nail on the head, Neil. We really are on that Emmaus road in that place of renewal or transformation or even metamorphosis that we see from the caterpillar into the butterfly. There is new life and a lot of it in his church. So I am really excited to hear from our guests and have chats to listen and learn and see what our great God is doing. Excellent. Thank you, Ruth and Steve. And it's it's great to welcome uh, Norman Smith, who until recently was the minister at Granton Parish Church, and Linda Young, who is uh, an elder in Granton Parish, and David Moody, who is uh, a worker with Granton Parish. You can maybe introduce yourselves a wee bit too. Let's maybe start with David, since uh, I mentioned you last, David. Tell us a wee bit about yourself. Yeah, hi. Um, I am David. I work as parish assistant in Granton. I've been there for about six years, actually, which is quite a while. Um, it's changed a lot over that time. Um, over the years, I've been involved in worship, been involved in pastoral work, been involved in outreach um, and children's work. Um, up until the summer, I was full time, um, but recently have gone down to part time at Granton in order to take up a role in the national offices doing um uh, part of the church's work with refugees. Um, so my role has changed quite a lot over this past year, um, but um, I'm still enjoying it. Still really love being part of the the team, the worshipping community at Granton. Thank you. And Linda? Well, I was born in Granton and baptised in Granton, married in Granton. I've seen all lots of relatives through Granton's great day. Goodbyes. And I've been an elder for quite a number of years and was session clerk for some time. Excellent. And Norman? Hi, um, I've been a minister for 25 years, first of all, in the northeast of Scotland in the parish of Longside and for the past 17 and a half years in Granton and really, really enjoyed that. On the 16th of October, I stopped being a minister in Granton. And on the 17th of October... I took up the role of Presbytery Clerk for the New Lothian and Borders Presbytery. And throughout all of my years of ministry, I've been involved in the mission side of the church, fresh expressions, church planting, all that kind of thing. And uh, I've seen God do good things. So I'm very much looking forward to see what God does next. And you're, you're all sounding very positive, which is, is fantastic. But I imagine over the last year, there have been some moments of, oh, well, a fair mix of emotions. Uh, Norman, you became aware of Presbytery plans of evolution and it, it, it was going to involve three parishes here in Edinburgh, including Granton, uh, coming together. And, and that's the that's the plan now, I believe, and uh, still to be, and well, it will be the plan, I'm pretty sure, from what I gather. Uh, but tell us a wee bit, Norman, about about the journey you've been on and, you know, 17 and a half years in one congregation uh, and, and then suddenly you're in another presbytery, Lothian and Borders Presbytery. Um, has that been pretty straightforward? 
Um, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, no. You, you go through phases. Um, so when you when you first of all open a press plan and you read it and you find that your post is not going to be there in the next five years, there's a, a grieving process that you work through. Um, you have to be honest and say there's quite a bit of anger in that as well. Um, and uh, although you're you know using the phrase, well, there's a letting go, that's a real easy phrase to use, but it's a hard phrase to live. Um, and what's really important is to have people around you, like Linda and the other elders at Granton, and people like David. And so it's not a journey that's travelled alone. It's a journey that you go through together as a team. And you have lots of chats, lots of commiserations, lots of moaning. Uh, but it's really important then that you begin to recognise that uh, all things pass except God. And that going to a new thing does actually mean waiting on God. And I think one of the learning points for me was that um, um, I grew up with the Psalms, if you like, and it, this, you know, one of the Psalms says, um, you know, I waited patiently for God and, and, and bore, and I used to think that it was the waiting that was difficult. But actually, I've learned it's the bearing that's difficult on, on any given day. Um, and it'd be so good if God phoned up every morning and said, here, do this today. But alas, he doesn't do that. Uh, so so it's, it's quite tough. But when you're with people who are traveling the journey with you, and you can encourage one another, then that makes a huge difference. Mm, that's great. And and Linda, who's how the last seventeen and a half years and previous to that perhaps um, been for you? You know, how do you how do you see yourself, or how do you feel uh, in in this period of kind of so a wee bit of a vacuum, I suppose. Well, I, I don't know if it actually feels like a vacuum at the moment because we have had David for six years and he is still with us and still doing a tremendous job following in great footsteps uh, of Norman. And in the last 17 years, I mean, Norman's uh, guidance has just taken us as a congregation uh, a long, long way. And we are much more able to wait for God and to listen to God's messages to us. And we're just optimistic for the future at the moment. And that's all thanks to the way Norman has been leading us. David, what, what about yourself? How, how have you felt in these years and, and perhaps now? Yeah, I mean, this this year has been tough. The, um, the first iteration of the, the first kind of consultative iteration of the plan had my post cut with very little explanation. It's hard not to feel, you know, like the work and possibly yourself are not being particularly valued um, and and not knowing what the future of the church was going to be like has, was difficult. Um, but thankfully, I mean, Norman has prepared as well. I don't know if you remember this, Linda, about um, once a year or so, Norman would have a Kirk session meeting where he would lay it on really thick and he'd be like, the church, you know, things are difficult, numbers are declining, we need to grow into the future. And we would we would all go away from it miserable, sullen-faced. Um, but actually, that was really helpful because for years, you know, you've never sugarcoated it. We've always known that the, the church as a whole faces big challenges and that difficult decisions were going to be made. Um, and so when this year did come, um, I, I don't think, I think it was less of a shock um, and, um, no, and I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, Norman has prepared us well and opened our eyes to lots of things. You know, we were probably when Norman came along, one of these congregations that just looked inward. And now I would say we look outward again, thanks to Norman and yourself, David, you've, uh, you're still taking us forward. 
Mm, yeah, and just yet yeah, recognizing that you know ministry in in Granton is is going to change, but um, I think as at the moment as a congregation we've just got really strong sense of there's a reason why we're here. That we we provide value. We've been growing, um, and that. I think the general mood, the attitude in the congregation is that we just want to keep the momentum going um, uh, and to sort of think bigger, to be to just be to be ambitious about what can be possible in the future. Yeah, and I think I think community's always been important to Granton. You know, when I grew up in Granton, the Sunday school had, you know, the traditional 70, 60 folk, you know, there and uh, and Everybody poured in from the community. And then, of course, it went through the darker years where um, that wasn't the case. And then through various ministries, um, even previous to Norman, we started to try and be a bit more open to the community. And certainly in the last 17 years, we've definitely got back to being more of a community church. The community come in for lots of things, not all church activities, but um, we're open most days of the week to um, people. So Jesus has, has opened you up to to the spirit and enabled you to to look outward as well as inward uh what, what what's contributed to that what has helped you grow this uh, more outward looking culture norman in a word actually <laughs> um, and what, what would norman say about that yeah i want to shrink off under the table at that actually because i that's not what i've done um what we did together as a team is we put god front and center so so if if you like we we recognize that we are all temporal trustees, yeah, and, and the word Oscar is very familiar to everyone, but we also recognize that we are spiritual trustees. And as a Kirk session we moved many years ago, we, we went to a gift-based ministry, so it became much more about releasing people's gifts. So one of my jobs, uh, say jobs one, of, one of the tasks of my job, and, and David's got picked up this as well, is to do gift audits with people and to say to people, um, where will you where will you naturally serve? So when someone becomes a part of the church in Granton, uh, they're always taken for coffee and we, we allow them to ask things. Um, but one of the questions we ask them is, how do you want to change the world? And so people have a, have a real sense that this is not joining a church. This is joining a community whose intention is to transform the world around it. And that, um, you know, especially this, I don't know when the podcast is going out, Neil, but we're at Christmas when we're recording it. Uh, and so the phrase, you know, the, the, the kind of the light came into the world and the darkness didn't put it out. We, Granton, is the light to its community and beyond. And that really means that it's not the minister doing it. And the, no offense to David, it's not the MDS doing it either. And no offense to Linda, it's not the session clerk doing it either. But it's all of us doing it together as a team and trying to release the gifts of the people. It also makes it really unpredictable because when somebody walks through the front door of the church, we believe they've got gifts, but we don't know what they are. So when they become part of our community, they can take our community in an entirely different way. But we honor everyone's gifts. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking about the loss and the grief and all that. Well, the framing of that's really important. So we are not framing um, going into a, not actually a three-way union, but ultimately a four-way union. Um, we are not framing that as loss and grief. We are framing that as an adventure to see what God wants us to do next. I, I would say as well, Norman, um, when you first came, you opened us up to being able to talk freely. You know, granted, it was probably one of those congregations that, you know, we all have God in our hearts, but we weren't very confident at talking even to ourselves about God and other things. And through building our home groups and 
having annual conferences and getting people to talk and get us confident within ourselves gave us the confidence to be a more open and outgoing. Great. What about Ruth and Steve? What, what uh, questions have you got up your sleeves? Yeah, I mean, it's just really exciting to hear about that change of culture over time in the congregation of becoming kind of more open and outward focused and talking more freely about Jesus. And I just wonder, I know at some point I saw something you wrote, David, about acorn groups. And I wonder about the role of that in that, that kind of listening and, and reaching out that uh, Linda was talking about. Yeah, so when I first arrived at Granton, Granton was was trying to be a welcoming church. They were, and I think that's been really successful, actually. You get a very warm welcome when you come in. But um, we first asked, how do we become welcoming? And then once we were a more welcoming place, we thought, well, that's all great. Somebody turns up, but how are people going to come? And so we thought, well, the next thing we need to do is become invitational. Um, and so we've really focused on encouraging people to invite. If we were ever putting on an event, the questions leading up to Sunday was, who are you going to invite? Who are you going to ask to come along? Who are you going to chum along as well? You know, I'll, I'll take you to the front door if that's what it takes. Um, but after that, you know, came the question, well, then who should we be inviting? And, and ACORN's been really good to helping us take the next step. So there's, there's a group of us. Um, ACORN, I can't remember exactly what it stands for. I always forget, so I won't even try. But the, the simple kind of thing we do at our ACON group is um, there's we ask everyone who's part of it a, trying to ask ourselves regularly the question or, or pray the question God who do you want me to connect to today and um, so it's a simple it's a simple prayer but um, we do that and it, through through a two-week period that's what we do and uh, uh, try try to be on a day-to-day basis ask that question and see where it leads and then every two weeks we get together on zoom and we feed back to one another what's happened and um, some weeks will be really quiet and actually there's not much some people sometimes some weeks there'll be quite incredible experiences and um, people have said oh i just had the notion to go and speak to someone and actually they really needed that or um you know, somebody was mentioning that they they had um, a connection to faith, so I just decided to sort of lean in and, and figure out what that was. Um, and it's it's nice. It's been a really good supportive space because I, you know, it's not for super evangelists who 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 find this stuff really easy. Actually, what the group's been great for is people like myself who don't actually find that stuff really straightforward. But it's a it's a place where we can talk with one another, we can reflect. Um, and and over the course of doing it, I think all of us would say we've become much more open to listening to God's call and much more confident to just run with something. You know, when you see when you see, when you see an opening, when you see a chance to chat to have that deeper conversation with someone, or, or just even to strike up a conversation with a with a complete stranger, I think all of us have said over the over the year and a half of doing of meeting as a group, we feel much more confident at saying. God might be wanting me to do something in this situation. Let's see where it goes. Oh, it just sounds wonderful. It sounds as though there is quite a culture of personal responsibility within your faith as well. Um, That a faith community uh, that's just lovely to hear about. Um, My ears pricked up at a bit of a different uh, topic, actually. Norman, you mentioned about coming together when we were discussing about lament and you had mentioned the lament part um, of the change and the growth that's happening, uh, Granton, that you came together and as a group and as a a community of faith, you experienced and walked some of that together. I think you said there was even some times of moaning. um, And then you also mentioned that actually 
you're viewing that more as an opportunity for adventure and new things. And what I was wondering about was, how did that look when you came together as a church community to lament the loss of what had been and what clearly had been wonderful, fruitful times for you all? How did that work? How did you do that? And then I also wonder if, Linda, you might like to comment on your experience of that process as well, because you both have really quite different roles within that. But that's what I was wondering about. So framing is really important. Whether you frame it about, find a way to put it, whether it's about the loss of yesterday or the discovery of tomorrow. And, and we are choosing, we are making a, we make a conscious choice as a community that it's about the discovery of tomorrow. So, so we are framing this not about the loss of what we have had because we haven't lost what we've had. The community is still there, Granton's still there. It's still a real welcoming church. It is still growing. People are still coming to faith. People are still growing in faith. Um, and the kind of words that we, are, we chose as a Kirk session were the words think bigger. So instead of just having responsibility for sharing the faith in our smaller area of parish, we're now going to be part of four parishes and that's going to give us more people to talk to. So how, we, how you frame this is, is really important. And that is actually a conscious choice to be made. And it's even a community choice on what to be made. And I've spoken to many people who think mission planning um, is the end of the world. But I, I think it's a, a quote from the Lord of the Rings, all things will pass. There will be life beyond mission planning. And there is life in, in the church still, still to come. And so, yeah, so we are choosing to, to frame this in a positive way that we've got more chance to share the faith, more people to meet. Um, and, and I mean, the other conscious choice that we made as a community is that, you may have picked this up, evangelism we are treating as a learned skill. So as a community, we have decided to put as many opportunities there to give people confidence in talking about their faith. And that means including in the church, where at the end of every service, uh, sorry, sermon, there's a three minute slot where people talk. We talk about changing one thing in your life after every week. So, so there's a real sense of the, the dynamic difference that faith makes. And all that results in this kind of positive worldview. It's not rose-tinted spectacles. We have walked the grief. We've been through that. But we choose to go forward with the hope of faith rather than just lament that we are losing the church of yesterday. And I would say, I think for me, me personally, I don't know if I'm speaking for every member of the session, but... We didn't actually have time to lament, Norman. You took it, took us by the horns and said, right, here, this is happening, but let's look forward and, and didn't really let us look back. And I think that was a good thing. Um, so I feel that we've come off the platform a bit higher than maybe some people who maybe went into the doldrums in a big way. I don't feel in Granton we've gone into the doldrums or felt real lament. That's quite a strong word to me. So... I'm not sure if the lamenting might not come later on in this process, uh, but at the moment we are just looking forward. And, and I think, I don't know if you would agree with that, David, but I, I feel that we just sort of hit the ground running with uh, looking forward rather than taking time to lament. Obviously, there is a huge, huge part of us that is completely sorrowful losing Norman. But... Well, I personally recognise that God's seen, you know, where Norman's skills need to go next and God will send other things for us to do when he's gone. 
Yeah, I think one of the things I, d- I definitely agree with that, and one of the things that's been really a really interesting dynamic is is having had quite a few new members in recent years. Mm-hmm. So there's some who who knew Norman a bit. We've actually had some just a few folks who've been coming along regularly since Norman left. So never met Norman, um, and they are still interested in what we're doing, and they still have a faith that wants nurtured. And actually, just thinking about it from their point of view. It would be completely bizarre if to walk into a church where everybody was in mourning for someone they hadn't met when actually what they're seeing is the excitement and the opportunity. And actually, they're they're really helpful. We've got a, like a, a really exciting gardening project started by someone who's only been a member of our church for less than a couple of years now. Um, but she brings such energy and enthusiasm and sees the the, the the building in the grounds that we have in such a different light, you know, she 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 brings such a fresh perspective to that, um, and actually letting them lead and and carrying on what Norman has always done of empowering people, and um, you know, if if she has a vision for that, let let's let's support that, let's enable that and empower it, um, and sort of yeah, tapping into that 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 new kind of yeah new energy that comes from the the people who joined us in recent years, in regards to this period of transition where you have a four-way union and there's obviously going to be a requirement for hearts and heads to come together to to grow a vision for mission and you have to work out what to do with your buildings as well which buildings are going to serve that mission um and yet what i'm hearing i think is that there's this trajectory of discipleship there's this trajectory of of outward looking mission mindedness um, are you are you are you scared of losing that? You you've not got Norman anymore. Uh, what, what, what do you, how do you feel? Well, I don't know. At the moment, we still seem to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, I don't know. We need. Uh, I, I don't feel that that will diminish, but time will only tell. You know, we're obviously going into a very difficult process to try and get four. Um, people to come together as one. So there will be bumpy rides on the road, but, you know, hopefully God will be guiding us. I love that as Norman has been talking about the whole framing being so important, what I'm hearing from you, uh, Linda and David, all the time is this framework, this how this framing and your mindset with it seems to have remained um, that even if that lament comes or if the union is indeed a difficult one it sounds that there are actually there's still seeds of real positive framing within that and I'm just wondering as you talk about the four-way union do you also have conversations about it being something that's a, a source of real blessing for the wider community of faith and also out in the unchurched and the de communities as well I'm just wondering how that frame framing fits with the the four-way union that's coming well yeah i mean i yeah as, as difficult as this year's been it's the one good thing about it is that we we are talking to our neighbors much more than we ever did and discovering all the work that they're doing and it really yeah I, I, we wouldn't want to go into to these unions thinking we've got nothing to learn from these other churches in fact that they probably have loads to teach us um, I, I do have worries. I, just uh, what happens to what we've built at Granton, just in terms of we've carved out a quite unique style of, of worshiping community. Um, but as Norman's saying, if 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 we almost the way to guarantee losing that is by trying to cling on to it. If you try and cling really hard onto that, you're almost 
going to, by definition, let it it'll calcify, it will get stuck, it will just stay the same clique of people. Um, what, what I hope we can go into these unions in is with confidence that actually what we have to offer is good, is of value, it's something we can share. And likewise, the other churches will have many good things to share with us and together with, with pooled talents, with pooled resources, there will be lots of opportunities and um, things that we can offer. So for, for example, um, I think our church is the, the, the church in the union with the largest bit of grounds, of land. Lots of the other ones are quite typical city centre ones that have only got a wee bit, uh, a, a sort of small amount of grass outside. Actually, that's that's something we can, we can offer as something that can be developed and turned into community spaces. You know, we saw through lockdown how important it is to have good quality outdoor spaces. And, and that's hopefully something we can offer uh, as a gift and as an opportunity to do exciting things. And, and likewise, um, I'm sure there's so much going on in these other churches that um, we can come alongside and, and help and support. And the hope is that we can actually become greater than the sum of our parts, not, not diminish, actually creating more from this opportunity. I think, I think it's quite difficult because um, for the two years previous before the plan came out, we were actually working with other churches with a view to union. So when the plan landed on our desk, it was actually quite a shock because it was completely different to what we had expected. So as a congregational member, I don't really know much about the other three churches other than where they are. And I know a few people from some of the more neighbouring ones. So I don't really know where our common ground is or where our differences are yet. And I'm just looking forward to really getting good conversations going with all the people, hopefully, uh, to get to know them better. And then we can all grow together. It's a great attitude. Uh, I remember facing not exactly the same situation as this, but but a situation where I just thought, that is just not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to to step into this new situation, this new role. And I meet with a mentor every month. And uh, he, he, after I, you know, poured out my, my moanings and groanings and were doomed, I tell you, Scottish psyche stuff, uh, he said, Neil, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of you, but I'm not hearing a lot of God. Um, and, of course, it was it was good that I, let my, I was able to let my belly run, but it was also good that... <laughs> He was able to to help me see from a different perspective that, in fact, following Jesus involves loss, involves letting go, involves death, involves resurrection as well. Are, are, do you have a sense of, of 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 this involving you taking up your cross to follow Jesus, having to having to sacrifice, having to let go? What 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 does what does the taking up your cross and following Jesus look like for you? Do you think? Well, I, I think it will be a difficult road, as it was for Jesus walking up that hill carrying a heavy load. Mm. But I hope that we can lighten the load by working together and uh, to keep prayerful about the whole whole thing. I think as well, I, as part of the session, our role is definitely to keep our positive framing for our congregation because, you know, they don't hear all that we hear. And so, you know, for them, it is a scary thing to think, you know, this is the building that some of us have been in a long, long time, some of us not so long, but it's still the building we've come to and we've met other Christians and we're 
are together. So it can be scary to think of that changing, especially if you are one of the newer members, although they also may, might be more open to meeting more and different people. So I think, again, back to Norman's leading, is that, you know, as a session, it's our, our role is to support our congregation as best we can. And, you know, I am, this is coming out a bit sugar-coated, if I'm being honest. I mean, down in Granton, there are people who are probably feeling worried and, and things like that. But I, th I hope and pray that, you know, God is just taking our hearts and, and putting us in the right direction. Stephen and Ruth, uh, uh, what, what perils have you been able to pinch from this time together? Gosh, such a rich conversation, Larry. I think one of the phrases that will stick in my mind from this conversation, and it sounds so basic, is early on in the conversation, Norman said, uh, we put God front and center. And then as the conversation's gone on, I just thought how that has shaped everything. So, you know, we've talked about lament and, and you've used that phrase, uh, the word trajectory quite a bit, Neil. And when we see lament in the Bible, it, there's a sense of a journey, a sense of movement. So it might start off with how long, O Lord, or, you know, help, you know, I'm facing this terrible situation. But then the writer takes that in a Godward direction, puts God front and center. And typically by the end of, of, of a psalm of lament, it comes around to, a, to an affirmation of, of trust, of faith. And um, you, know, you used that phrase sugar-coated, Linda, there. I mean, it doesn't come across as sugar-coated, actually. I think we hear, we hear the pain in this, but we see how that decision to put God front and center changes everything, changes the perspective, changes the reality. So I think that, that's what I'm taking away from it. So thank you to all of you. Yeah, there's just, like Steve was saying, there's so many treasures uh, within this chat that we really that we really can take away and store away and ponder over just like those treasures that Mary did and she took them and put them in her heart and pondered over them about Jesus as well. Um, and I was looking just there at some of the things I've noted as you've been speaking and a couple of things that I've, my treasures that I've taken away from this conversation um, and I'm taking two and kind of melding them into one. So I hope that's okay. But you talked about doing a gift audit with people that are coming into your church. And I love that because it's really valuing what God has put into each and every one of us and how we express our faith in unique and different ways. Um, and I love that as a community, that's your approach. And it's something that you encourage and support because then when you ask that question, how do you want to change the world? The person is already valued. I would feel so valued and accepted already that what God has put in me is there to change the world and make it a better place, to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's exciting, isn't it? That is a great place to be, just knowing that we're in a community of faith that values what God puts in us uh, for his glory and for the changing of this world. So that would be uh, my melded uh, or my schmelded uh, treasure from today. Lovely, lovely. And and for me, it's the confident Christianity that, that you've been growing and continue to grow uh, in Granton. With it simple, you know, three minutes after your, your, your focus or your sermons, 
having the chance to 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 be open about well, what what struck you, what what uh, is working in you, what you're going to take away from this, and what you're going to do, and and the encouragement to to look to to be natural about sharing with people, to identify people you're praying for, and, and to 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 be natural about sharing. Uh, what's happening in your life and 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 how God's a, a central part to your life and and I know that that that, that has outworked uh, reading the the uh, message or the article you put in Ascend recently, uh, Norman. That 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 has made a, a a ripple effect as it's gone out and and people have been able to to start wee groups that people that have inter- been interested in 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 finding out more due to that. Confident Christianity, not not a not a in your face Christianity, but a but a servant-hearted, humble, confident Christianity. So I I think I think that's just marvelous. So we're we're so grateful to you coming in uh, from Granton, and we're grateful to you listening and plugging into the podcast here. Do subscribe and do uh, join in with our future podcasts as well as we seek the emerging Emmaus. Thank you. In your neighbourhood trudge two dumped Jesus friends, drowning before dawning, moving through a maze of misery to an amazing Emmaus encounter. Emerging Emmaus. Good grief, our dream is dead. Going home instead, comfort of my bed. Good grief, the pain, hope hard to sustain, love down the drain. Good grief, where have you been? What we've seen? blown to smithereens. Good grief, how our hearts burned, our minds turned, or all we learned. Good grief, don't go away, come in to stay, you've shown the way. Good grief, how he broke the bread with hands that bled, then disappeared. Good grief, Jesus alive, no need to strive chance to thrive, Jesus alive. Good grief, no time to waste. Now we have a taste to Jerusalem with haste. Emerging Emmaus, a well-kent lament echoes through the years. How long, how long? Good as is the grieving process, may it be a means to access visions and dreams of Christ's kingdom come, Emmaus. Emerge from the gloom. Come, Holy Spirit, come. So for future podcasts, join us via the Sanctuary First website, Facebook page and app, and also via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Come on, tune in.